Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hello, hello, hello! It's Kevin and Rob! I wish you could see the sound waves right it's now. It's totally so loud. It's like off the charts. It's a, literally I've been off the known charts. to have a pingy voice. Pingy? Be pingy, like, yeah. Like right in the oh, like place, just like right there in the, in the juicy in the spot. mask. Oh yeah, is that what you call it? As the they mask? call it, some do. Mine, um, we're recording, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, we are. Um, mine is lower. Yeah, I know. You go to the Goulet place. It's it's a deep resonant voice. <laughs> you kind of use straight guy voice just now. No, my straight guy voice. I'm I worked on it. I think I showed it to you. Yeah, I'm no, real you proud. It's kind of scared me a little bit. It's uh, it's gonna be. I'm gonna. Get, hi everybody. I'm gonna give you a sample of my straight guy voice. Not to you know. Whatever orientation you are, that's great. There's yeah, no judging sure. here. Yeah. Um, but my straight guy voice kind of sounds like this. <laughs> and like you curl up one side of your lip a little bit. Yeah, you, you got a little Elvis meets like uh, Goulet, I, really. I, I don't know who those people are. <laughs> were they, were they, did they play for the 49ers? <laughs> I love the 49ers. Thank you for that. Yeah. So every time I see Kevin with this voice, I oh look at him and go, God. hey, didn't I rotate your tires at Pip Boys? <laughs> hey. Question for you. I picked my girlfriend up from play practice yesterday. I think I saw you there. Are you an actor? That's cool. <laughs> we went to see Phantom once. It came through town in Lancaster. Nice. Because he was in Lancaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Lancaster. Yeah. He knows how to say Lancaster. Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. Duh. Was it the Fulton? Yeah. It was cool. Uh, I didn't really like it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I took her because I cheated on her with her sister. Oh, ouch. Yeah, but I made it up to her. I took her to Hosses. <laughs> love good Hosses. I love Hosses. <laughs> first of all, Hosses was in Elmira, New York growing up, and we used to definitely go there. I like a good oh, Hosses. Yeah. I like a good like all-you-can-eat buffet situation. Yeah, that's what her sister with said. Options. I took the sister to the buffet, too. I made a mistake because I took her and her sister at the same time to the buffet. <laughs> And there was like, a, what do you call it when there's like nothing happening, a lull yeah. in the conversation. And I was like, hey, I f- your sister. And she was like, buy me phantom tickets. <laughs> What's your name? Oh, I never thought. Of, I oh, know. Oh. We got to find a name. Kyle. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. I work at Pep Boys. Yeah, you do. Rotate yeah. those tires, Kyle. Yeah. 
when Shoot I was, for the stars. When I was doing your car, this weird music came out. Didn't sound like anything I ever heard before. Something about, like, touch me. It's so easy to leave me. <laughs> all alone with the memory. I don't know what the fuck it was, man. That's weird. Was that, like, your grandma's car or something? You're just borrowing it? And welcome to My Favorite Things. This is Kevin David Thomas. Kyle. <laughs> Rob has just been doing a one-man performance art piece known as This Is My Straight Boy Voice. Hey, it works. Hopefully we'll edit that down (laughs) to maybe a couple minutes. But knowing my luck, we won't. (laughs) I'll just skip that. And you guys (laughs) just got to listen to it all and think, do we sign on to the right podcast today? Question mark. Let's talk about the Bulls. Oh, God. They're basketball, right? They are basketball. Okay. Chicago. He's learning. You're doing good. Kyle's learning. I'm proud of you. He doesn't get a lot of uh, cable in Fulton. <laughs> and a lot of sports coming up these uh, this time. Who? So let me ask you. Yes. Who are you hoping for for the Super Bowl? Oh, you know what? None of my teams really did anything. Yeah, so I, I know, really I know. And I, I would root for the Falcons. I'm going to root for the Eagles. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, it, I'm a Philly person. I'm, I was born in Allentown, and that's a lot of my families in that area. So I'm going to go for Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Ooh. Yeah. I would ask you, but I know that you don't. Have an Wait a minute! Don't you start with me. No, no, no! Hold on! I'm pulling out my phone for a second. No, this, I will be in actually or, out of town for the Super Bowl, as I will be in Paris and Amsterdam in, in February first through the eleventh. Yes, we're going to talk about your your concert dates in Paris in a second. But just, <laughs> yes, I'll be playing Amsterdam. Just, just so you're aware, Kevin, just so I could talk to you more about sports, I downloaded an app called The Score. Oh, and it, te- and it tells me everything that's going on. I'm so, I, so impressed. So unfortunately, the uh, Steelers lost yesterday. Yeah, they did. 42-45, Jacksonville yes. at 45. Yeah, that was a good game. And then what a surprise from the Vikings yesterday coming in at 29-24 uh, that was against a, that New was Orleans. A, a, yes. You see? Indeed, that Look was a big that. deal for the Vikings. I know that because <laughs> they, they usually <laughs> screw it up towards the end. And this year they actually did not oh, screw it up. Thank you for that. That's kind of how I feel when I see a Frank Wildhorn show. I, oh. Ooh. <laughs> it's oh. like... <laughs> Mm, yeah. I know you and Linda Adder, you have a, a relationship. You know, I went to see, no, I, but I did see her in concert once. Let me, t- it was an outdoor big theater in Atlanta years ago. This is like <laughs> 15 years ago. And it was like 2003, let's say. It was Linda Etter and Michael Feinstein, two of the probably most talented, like musical gifts in the world, her voice, his piano playing, but two of the most boring people ever on stage. And this is no offense to them. I love Michael Feinstein. He's a theater historian. But in a big outdoor amphitheater, they have as much personality as a bag of sand. I mean, it was like she she can sing, but she's not exactly like the most effusive, warmest soul. Where was this? What are Some theater in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area in Buckhead, I think. And it was like a big, you know, like how the summer will have like, yeah, you yeah. know, come see so-and-so in the pops or whatever and it was like the sort of the B list and it was like Feinstein and and, and Linda Etter and of course she's saying like I am my Don Quixote and you know in college that was when she was getting that pop sound singing songs that she should never be singing but she can sing them so why not and it was I just remember being like this is so boring <laughs> it doesn't really work in a uh, an outdoor amphitheater did I ever tell you that I used to work for a wreck and park and we used to do <laughs> you need parks and wreck Oh yeah, Park and Rec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know. I was just Park thinking of the Rec. TV show. So I was I was more of the Rec side. So oh. that's why I put it first. And we used to do these summer outdoor concerts, sort of similar. Yeah, they're, they're usually city run. There's one in Cleveland that I used to be a part of. And uh, I won't tell you. Uh-uh, stop <laughs> it. Have, she was such a C lister. I won't tell you who she was, but she was. I won't tell you who she was. 
Uh, and everyone, Joyce DeWitt? No. Okay. No. I said C-list, <laughs> not A-list in my heart. Everyone used to worship her. She used to come. And they used to put her in this shitty little tractor trailer behind the outdoor Shut shell. Shut And when I started working there, they were like, well, because you know about musicals, your job is just supposed to like stay with her. And so... Her handler, I was her will. handler. It was like my life with Marilyn. Yes. Just with my life with, insert name here. Um, and I took her backstage to her tractor trailer. <laughs> and I said, can I get you anything? And she was like, beer? You got beer? And I was like, uh-huh. And so we had to get her some beer and stuff, and I brought her two. And she goes, aren't you going to have one? And I said, oh, I'm 15. She goes, sounds a lot like your straight guy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. She goes, I said, I'm 15. She goes, "Uh, you think I'm a cop? Wait, that was her retort? Yeah. Was like you think like you think I'm trying to get you pull one over on you? You think I'm a like, cop? No, no, I'm just fifteen and you're twenty-seven and I don't know why we're Oh, she ain't twenty-seven. Oh. <laughs> we had a good time. She got drunk and then she sang from Phantom and that was it. Oh my god, collected her ten thousand dollars and off she went. They got paid yeah. so much. Concert concerts concerts were all if you ever like, where was that star from the late nineties? Where are they now? Doing concert work. Doing concert work. They make they have to work three days a month and make like twenty thousand dollars. And I don't want to generalize, but tell me if, if if this is wrong or not. The orchestras that I was working with in these small towns mm-hmm. had the biggest egos yep. I ever I worked with the Philharmonic a mm-hmm. few times. They're the nicest, mm-hmm. humblest people. Alan Gilbert one of the sweetest oh, yes. guys you'd ever want to meet in your life. I go to like Thousand Oaks, California. Well, it's because they have to fight so hard just to be doing what they're doing. Oh. So it's cutthroat. I mean, they they literally have to, and they're making like no money. They're teaching private instrument we, on the side. There was a conductor. You know, oh, and sorry. Yet it's the art. So they're it's it's like no. The guy who was the, the conductor, the Conejo Valley pops, <laughs> the Pepper Pot players, the Pepper of, Pot <laughs> of Conejo Valley. This guy had a rider. That was three pages long. I mean, come on. That like nobody could talk to him when he walked from like the the shell to the backstage area. He had to have like this many fresco. I'm like, I work at the fucking Philharmonic. These people don't have these fucking requests. You're Excuse right, my language. Yeah, I know. Jeez, Rob. I don't know. I mean, I'll be careful. There's children listening to this. Careful the things you say. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite quotes of any Sondheim uh, lyric ever. Careful the things you say. Children, children will listen. listen. I think it applies in so many different. Layers yeah. and and for a man who like never had children, it's kind of amazing that he could, you know, that he got into the heads of all these characters and really, yeah. Anyway, just a little <laughs> shout out, <to> Steve. <laughs> I heard a really nice story about him that when they were doing Sunday in the Park at the National, um, I think it was Philip Quast who was playing George mm-hmm. um, had a child, and Sondheim had come backstage uh, and cradled the baby and was like this is all this is what it's all about isn't it like looking at Aww. looking at the child so Aww. but he would have been a great father oh yeah had definitely. he had the opportunity well he certainly mentored and you know so many so <laughs> oh like infinite God, number yes. of people yeah you know so many so many kids oh, why are we here today rob in life yeah you know just because just living the shit. dream hey did you see encores off center announce their new season yeah, wow! Yeah, it's sort of across the board, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's uh, so for our f- great listeners who know that Encores does their main season in the winter spring, which Correct. is this year. It's uh, me and my girl and Grand Hotel and Hey Look Me Over, which is a collection of shows that they wish to do at some point. Yeah. Um, and then this summer they do an off Broadway series, and this was really unfortunate, as you know, Michael Friedman, who at forty one years old, my I God, mean... was the artistic director of Off Center, which, and he passed. So this summer they're doing one of his shows. They're doing Gone Missing, 
um, and they're doing songs for a new world. The 17-year-old me would have been really excited about not realizing what the 37-year-old me realizes why they probably shouldn't be doing that show, but that's great. Jenny's afraid of water. <laughs> she's doing so well, but still. But still. She's afraid of she's water. She's afraid of water. So she won't go near the sea. Do you know that? Best, that's a, oh, oh, I was going to say, you know the best production that I ever saw? No. Was in a uh, college it was at Penn State. It was a grad directing project. Um, it was directed by a guy named Casey R.T. Graham. Mm-hmm. It was the most brilliant direction of that show mm-hmm. I've ever seen in my life. You, everyone sat like in the round, and everything, all the lights were turned off, and it was done with like lanterns. Now th- that's kind of what it needs. It and it needs was like this kind very. Of- Warm, beautiful. It was brilliantly staged. Otherwise, it just feels like it's a nice college, you know, recital. Oh, I hate that. Do you know what I mean? It could be, or just like it's just. I think it's a. uh, Having done it a couple years ago, I I realized, wow, this is one of those shows that's it's very easy. I love listening to it, and yeah, I'm always going to love the songs. Audiences walked out of that theater being like. What in the world did you just make us do? Like, oh, what was really? it? Is it twelve different musicals? Oh, was, really? Because really think about it. it doesn't oh, it makes you know me that he cry. wrote the he wrote the ending? You know, after it was all done, to try to pull it all together, but oh. it really isn't. They're all just standalone songs. Oh, I cry so much though. I forgive it. Oh. I don't care. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's sweet. I'll give you stars in the moon, and I never mind. Um, <laughs> that's, oh, that's it. That's Rob. all. Anyway, uh, did someone? Did you see that? Um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, somebody took a meme of Sarah Huckabee Sanders giving a press conference with a confused look on her face, and it said, and then I realized I'll never have the moon. <laughs> it was just like... I love a good political I thought, musical I'll never theater the joke. Yes, yeah, just totally. like put on there. What's the third, by the way, what's the third piece? I this I I'm actually very excited about. It's Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. Ah, yes. Mickey Grant. So it's... Nice. Um, it's one of those um, African American musicals from the late '70s that right. there's a whole bunch that just don't get revived anymore. Nope. We were talking about this before we got on the air, like that right. ain't supposed to die a natural death. Right, very long, long titles. No, you're right. But uh, we don't see them anymore. Yeah, we right. really don't. So hopefully, there a lot of them were poetic pieces. With yeah, like, you know, these, they were. They were like, and this is straight out of the civil rights era. You know what I mean? This is like it makes sense that the art would be imitating life. You know, ten years later. Yeah. And so, just I would love to see more of that. Yeah. I would just love to see more of these shows, either in an encore setting or a mufti setting, mm-hmm. just to bring them back because we should be experiencing them. So yeah, agreed. All right. So yeah. well, let's see. Fingers crossed. On well, that my one. actually, this is a tra- good transition because my favorite thing today is a show which very easily could be in this off uh this off center oh what is it, it could be a part of this season is it an off-broadway show it was it wow. was it was uh it was it's from the 60s okay and and then it was revived about 12 years ago and i fell in love with it when it was revived and a cast recording was made of this revival of it and then it ran for for a good amount of time and then it closed the theater i think it closed the theater that it ran in or it was very soon oh to close i know what this is what is it rob this is your your lovely jacques brel is alive and well and living in i Paris. really enjoy the music of jacques brel tell us Kev. this is jacques tell brel us, tell us. is alive and well and living in paris uh the musical from 1968 i want to say 
It's a musical review of about 25 songs written by the Belgian-French writer and chanteuse and, you know, director, actor. He did everything. A man named Jacques Brel, who lived in 1920. He was, he was very much, a, I mean, he influenced so much of the singers of that of his time period. 1929 to 1978 is when he lived his life. Um, he retired early on. Um he influenced so many different artists, and this is when recorded song was becoming very prominent in like the 50s and 60s. And you have all these great recording stars, and a lot of them went other places to find the exotic art. You know, like Jobim is like the girl from Ipanema. They no one had heard that bossa nova sound, you know, until oh, they yeah. until you know Frank Sinatra recorded with him in the in the 60s. Well, Jacques Brel was the French equivalent of this sort of smoky. I almost want to put on a French accent when I talk about him because it is so like you almost yes. smell the cigarette smoke, and there's like a poetic um, darkness in color to his songs that are definitely theatrical songs, but are art songs as well in a very pop vein. Mm. There, That was my way of describing his music. But um, some actors came, came together and put his songs into a musical review, uh, Eric Blau and Mort Sherman, um, who translated them into English and gave us the versions that we know today. Um, and... I have just really, really enjoyed the simplicity of his songs and yet the poignancy of them. Um, David Bowie says that the cast album of of um, Jacques Brel is one of his um, top ten favorite albums of really? all time. It David was, Bowie. He, David Bowie is a major. Uh, he he was a major protege of, of his and loved the influence that um, Jacques Brel had. Um, and he's a favorite of, of many, many recording artists. Um, so yes, and then there was, uh, in 2006, at the Zipper Theater, there was this redux of it, and they rearranged uh, the order of the songs. They kept most of the translations, but they reorchestrated a lot of it. And so songs like Jackie, that had a specific way of it being done, Bob Cuccioli did a whole other version of the song that just was contemporary sounding and yet still a definite throwback to like this 60s you know sound you can sing to me all day oh my god it's so good um some other titles uh, the heartbreaking fanette is one of my favorite songs if we only have love is the, is the closer and that's i mean it is just it shows this man was a funny writer and yet poignant writer and yet a very much about the, just the plight of the human existence. Oh. Sometimes existential kind of way. But um, I think there is a reason why we still talk about him and that his music is still uh, important and international and transcended any borders or anything like that. And it just talks about the human condition. Um, and I and I just think in a very a whimsical Amelie kind, not the musical, but the movie, but like that sort of French feeling, I think the minute you put on a Jacques Brel song, you feel like you're in that Parisian cafe and you're, you know, have a cigarette in your hand and there's someone, an artist painting a picture behind you. Will you be listening to it on the plane ride to Paris? <laughs> How cliche is that? Meanwhile, one of the travel videos that we watched, it was like, if you go into a cafe and they're playing a court music walk out it's not real <laughs> but if they're going in and they're playing the top 20s hits then you know it's a real cafe oh, really? <laughs> basically they're like yeah of course you're gonna hear like do do like all like any off. they're like yeah they play that to make it like this is the paris you envision but if they're playing jacques Brel, i will i will sit down and listen and cry sure. and sing a, have a single tear 
I love you, but I hope you never come back. I hope you become a mime. Can you imagine? Just, I'm just like on the street. Is that Kevin? Playing an artist loft. I'm in some the background of some Rick Steves video. <laughs> just see Kevin, pourquoi? You know, but so yeah, I just think um, Jacques Brel, young people, I think should listen to this music because um, I do think it's important to understand where a lot of the influences and songs got to uh, based on international, uh, you know, writers. Um, and uh, and you find some really good stuff in there. Mm. It's kind of like Kurt Vile meets, I don't know. I'm just trying to find a metaphor, but actually there's none. It's just Jacques Brel. Go listen to him. It's That's, fun stuff. Now, which cast recording should I listen to, though? I, I, would, I would say both. I would say you should listen to the original because you want to hear the spirit of these original songs. But once you hear that original 1968, go to the 2006. I'm so impressed by the performances and the music arrangements of these songs. Okay. They reinvented them in a whole new way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I've... I don't think I've ever listened to the new one. I feel like I listened to the old one at some Check point. Check out the new one. It's good. It's really good. It's great singing. And I know some people use it as audition songs, oh, too. Oh, de- you definitely can use it. Someone we were just talking to said they used Jackie. I mean, for an Oh, yeah. Song. Somebody who told us that? Somebody yeah. told us that. Chip sign? Was Maybe Chip. Chip. Sign? Sure. Chip. It I all think. runs together. <laughs> <laughs> we do marathon days. We love we our do, marathon days. We do, you guys. Days. We'll record like four, four interviews, and then I'm like... Wait, what was, who did this? Like, started, what happened in here? Like, we started at 11 a.m. and we ended at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of good people in, and it's very exciting. We did totally get called out by Jeff Calhoun when we we were like, yeah, yeah, okay, great. So we're going to get started. This is, Hi, welcome. This is Kevin David Tom. And he started laughing at us, and he was like, wow, you guys really turned it on. Well, you know, Jeff, you got to turn on the charm. It's true. Why he didn't cast us in Newsies is still beyond us. Oh, single tear. Single tear. Rob, what's your favorite thing? I would have been a great crutchy. Um, See you today. Touching that one. (laughs) Just love that his name's Crutchy. (laughs) Just hey, Crutchy. Um, It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was torn about our favorite thing today because oh. our wonderful listener, John Moss, um, sent me a demo of a musical that had never been produced. And I'm there so... There you go. Showing off again. Bragging. Kevin, okay, so we're... spoils you get from people. Mm. We're very lucky because so many of you wonderful folks out there send us things that we don't... Send Rob things. You could be included too, (laughs) Kevin. You could be included too. John said I have to share with you. Okay, good. Thank you, John. So John, who said this incredible life, um, was David Merrick's... Worked in David Merrick's office for a while. Right? Talk about fly on the wall there. And has had a really incredible career. Anyway, he's one of our really wonderful listeners. And anytime we make a mistake, immediately tweets at us that we screwed something up. That's our. We always know it's a it's a good good podcast when we get nothing from John. 
That's always a good thing from us. Uh, but John sent me this demo of a musical that never got produced called Mike. And it's a Johnny Mercer musical. And it was a musical detective story from the 60s, way before City of Angels. And it was based on the Mike Hammer detective series. Okay. Anyway, it never got done. I was The score, I think, is incredible. Um, I was going to share it today. But then I'm like, none of our listeners have access to it. No, it's just it. like... So it's just me talking about something I like that nobody has access to. That you're to. so cool that you got that no one else is cool enough to get. Like Angel, we could at least get on eBay. Yeah, it's on the wall, Ken. I know. I, frame, I framed the poster. Now so it is. I'm going I'm to keep looking. There's a security alarm that goes off. Can you not tie your shoes when I'm talking to you? <laughs> I'm going to do something that actually involves me. I'm so, okay, so we're going to skip. <laughs> we're not going to use Mike. I'm kidding. No, I we're not going to. It. Wait, so you just like told us about it for nothing? Yeah, because there's no there's, there's no follow-up for it. There's no like, oh, I, I, I can't wait me, to listen to it. Do you have any it. information about it? It was, it was a Johnny Mercer show. It, didn't, it never went anywhere. What why, do you want from why, me? Why? Why? John says the book doesn't work. Uh, it's usually true from the that era. <laughs> but so I've I was got, like, I've been enough musicals in Mufti. No, that's true. <laughs> Wait a minute, why are you breaking? I think you're stepping on the cord. No, I'm not. Lift your, your foot up. Lift your talk in the mic like a normal person. Hello. There we go. Now you're not breaking up. I'm not. Okay. You, you were crackling. You were cra- You were crackling for a second. I don't know why. I wanted to make sure that you didn't crackle. Sound like someone was eating Rice Krispies in here. My shoes were getting loose. <laughs> you know, you can right. take your shoes off when you come into the house. I know. I'm trying to break them in. Oh, oh those are real. But they are nice shoes. Thank you. I've already complimented you once on them. $40 before. Amazon. Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, never mind. We'll get back. <laughs> you, didn't even, you didn't even compliment my nice, sensible pumps that I have on. I like your shoes. <laughs> Thank I know you. Those They're blue suede shoes. I know. How Prince. Your sexy socks on. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. You got me some nice socks. I haven't well, worn them Well, I know. Yet. Well, because it, we, we, it comes up sometimes because we're, we're talking. I'm sitting across from him. And I'm always like, Rob always has such nice socks. Am I crackling again? No. no, no. And, uh, and, and, um, and so for uh, Christmas slash Hanukkah, I got, him a, I got him a pair of sassy socks. Maybe you can take the Angel cast recording on your way Don't out. Don't tease me like that. With a bow and say. Wait. So Merry what's Christmas. your favorite thing going to okay, be? So you know how Prince recently published his autobiography? Oh, yeah. A Sense of Occasion, I believe, is what it's called. Uh-huh. Let me just make sure I got that right. Hal Prince, A Sense of Occasion. Just, just Sense of Occasion. Sense of Occasion, not A Sense yeah. of Occasion. Uh, <laughs> what, what people forget, though, is that uh, this is only Hal Prince's, this is Hal Prince's second autobiography. He wrote another autobiography. With, yeah. It's called, I'm holding it up for Kevin like I'm promoting it. It's called Hal Prince Contradictions Notes on 26 Years in the Theater. Well, he pitched that title to somebody. <laughs> and somebody was like... Someone's like, yeah, okay. That's that's not too wordy at all. It's the 70s. <laughs> well, Pat Birch's original title was called Book. <laughs> oh, and yeah. The, you want to get... Uh, Question mark? You want to get any more specific there, Pat? How? No. <laughs> Just oh. how? So he called it... Uh, Hal Prince, uh, Contradictions, Notes on 26 Years in the Theater. It doesn't look like it's in print anymore. No, it's out of print, but you can buy it on Amazon mm. for uh, actually a really affordable price. Yeah. But here's the thing. Are you ready for this, Kev? Yes. It was published in 1974. Oh, my gosh. There is no... No Vita. There's no, no Sweeney. On the, on the 20th century, nope. like all of that no stuff. No parade, no showboat. Um, so wow. one of the cool things about reading the book is him, It's everything is fresh. Company, which is a revolution, is fresh. Cabaret, which was a revolution in musical theater staging, right. is only eight years old when he publishes the yeah. book. So this book is 
the observations and anecdotes of somebody who is in the middle of a revolution, not realizing the impact that he has. Right, and was there for the Golden Age part too, you know, like Damn Yankees, Pajama Game. Most of this book, I don't know if you can tell the way I'm flipping it, but most of this book is um, his beginnings. Working with George That's Abbott, amazing. learning how to produce, et cetera, et cetera. So the stage b- manager. Yeah. And stage managing, right? So the book is called, once again, it's called Hal Prince, Contradictions, Notes on 26 Years in the Theater. I had no idea. You're absolutely right. Was... It is out of print. It is out of print. But it is available on Amazon. Just but like, one of my yeah. favorite parts of the book that I wanted to share with you, if I may, please, is his last chapter. Hold on. I don't want to ruin it here. It's kind of it's it's old. You can tell I'm it's dying apart. of this Hold choreography on. that you're doing right now with the book and the microphone and like trying to get oh careful. Did Rob, you hear the do you want some help? Hold on. Hold on. Oh my god. Rob is now trying to fold the book out. He's trying to hold it with one hand while laughing. And here that's we a, go. That's some Jerry Zach's business there for you. <laughs> that's was, right. And raise like up on the note at the end. And <laughs> he says the following afterthoughts don't belong in any particular chapter. Still, they seem worth recording. Uh, and what I think, which is so interesting about those, is that uh, we're going to discuss a couple of these to see which of them still hold up today, okay? Okay. He says, um, The newspaper fellows who spend their lives extolling the freedom of nonprofit theater have no idea how much more freedom there can be in the commercial theater. All the politicking, campaigning in behalf of money. I sometimes wonder where is the marketplace and who are the merchants? Ooh. Has that changed today? It's just gotten more complicated, but... Yeah. That's basically... But it also feels like nowadays the commercial theater has to really stay within... Mm-hmm. specific m- financial guidelines and regional theaters I feel mm-hmm. are more experimental most definitely so I think that's actually although late, lately I mean with Dear Evan Hansen and Band's Visit on Broadway it's definitely they're put they're challenging audiences for sure yeah but that's what come t- from away oh yeah 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 so, so just thinking of like shows that like in the last couple years have been really edging away from like the big spectacle. Yeah, but where's even the, though that still exists, yeah, but they don't, that's not SpongeBob has been on TDF every single you know yeah. day. Well, that's so funny because here's his next thing about TDF. Ready? I'm encouraged by the programs which speak to enlarging the theater audience. Smart. Maybe it takes a real crisis. Anyway, the theater development fund's ticket booth mm-hmm. has had tremendous effect on the business. I wish that producers with, sm- with, with smash hits would make even a token allotment of seats. Hey! It is short-sighted not to have every attraction represented in the Times Square booth. Hey, Hamilton Lottery. Hey, Hamilton Lottery. Hey, yeah. jo- uh, Student Rush, Brent. Oh, yes. Like, so he's... The link ticks, all of that stuff. Right? Um, oh, the theater... Oh, this like man with a chair right now. I'm just sitting watching Rob... <laughs> Read to me. Come see me direct. Read the Drowsy Chaperone at the Priscilla Beach Theater hey this yo. June. Uh, the theater has become overly reliant on lawyers and agents. I find myself reminding them that with the hit, you make a lot of money. Don't squeeze it dry. Leave something in it for the investors. Ooh. Huh. Ready for this? It has taken years, but the unions have finally agreed to permit the fu- the filming of theatrical performances to be kept in the Lincoln Center Library. Why should that have taken years? Amen. Amen. And thank God it's still going on. The only thing interesting to me in Pauline Kael's review of the Fiddler film is a sentence in which she said she'd never seen the play. 
How in hell can a person in the business of reviewing ignore the most esteemed works in the allied arts? Is it too much to ask that film critics visit the theater and vice versa? That all critics visit museums and lecture halls and turn on their television sets? Pauline Kael should have seen the play. She had seven and a half years to see it. Mic drop, Hal. Oh, it keeps nice. going. I'm going to read a couple <laughs> more, then we'll move on. The trouble with so many of the creative people on Broadway is that they don't read, they don't travel, they don't inform themselves. They are so talented and undereducated. In the regions, they tend to be more educated than talented. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I agree with that one. <laughs> I don't think you can make a creative person out of someone who isn't one. But I think you can encourage someone who has it buried so deeply inside that he might not get to it. Oh, or she. Ah, that's what I was going to say. And then, our last thing, and then we'll move on. About two years ago, John Weidman, a law student at Yale, brought me the outline for a play about Commodore Perry's visit to Japan. What? It was realistic in the style of the Kane Mutiny Court Martial, not the sort of theater I care for. I suggested instead that he tell the story as though it was written by a Japanese playwright in the kabuki style with the Americans, the traditional kabuki villains. He has done that and called it Pacific Overtures. It will be a musical. Steve Sondheim is writing the score. Pat Birch will choreograph. Boris is designing the scenery. And Florence clots the costumes. It comes next. Closed book. Wow. So once again, this is a real, that is a really fascinating right? little piece. It looks like essays almost. Is what yeah. I mean, that's just the last chapter, but mm-hmm. everything else prior to that is a very linear story of mm-hmm. then this happened, that happened, this is how I felt about it. Um, his new book, Sense of Occasion, now is a lot of this, not the same anecdotes, but now with time being passed able to observe and comment on right. what really was a revolution yeah. and what wasn't. But at this time the guy's just trying to put on a good show. No, he was at the he was at the peak of his career. Yeah. You know, he had more to, to come, but he was definitely like at this the apex. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think before you read his new book, Sense of Occasion, which I'm sure once we are finished with it, it'll be a favorite thing at some point. Yes. I ask everyone to go on to Amazon if you can. Hal Prince Contradictions Notes on 26 Years in the Theater. Yes. And you? Jacques Brel is alive and well and living in Paris. Give it a listen. But no, Mike, the Johnny Mercer musical. I mean, it would be great if we could hear it, Rob. Well, you know, I mm, mm, I can't send it out to all of our listeners. I know, I know. But maybe if you call me, I'll sing a couple of my favorite <laughs> songs for you. It's. I think the score is really no, I, great. I, do, I would love to hear it. We're going to have 54 below. Just right? Just push it slide in. it in. There's, there's a, I'm sure the Mercer Foundation would like to have their Johnny's music heard. I think so, too. Again. Maybe, ooh, maybe a night of unsung Mercer. Don't they do that big competition in South Carolina? Do they really? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's like a Mercer. Yeah, like, you know how like, there's like the Kurt Weill thing? Yeah, I was going to say, I know there's, there's the like Kurt There's like a Johnny Weill Mercer thing. I, I got to know more about it before I speak. Are you, are you like going to sing? Are you going to sing a Johnny I'm Mercer song? I'm too old for that. Are you kidding me? But I do want I need, I need. I need more Johnny Mercer in my life, though. Oh, really? I feel like I need more to understand his music more. I'll share the demo with you. Okay. But you, and only you. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Till next time. Bye. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.